Okay, don't judge me. How's it going, everybody? Joe Gagne here, along with me, the host, in quotation marks, of Not the Justin Shapiro Show, also in quotation marks, because it is a title. Uh, the show where I talk to my friends for an hour anytime they go to a WWE pay-per-view. Joe, as I told you seconds ago, this is a real cats-in-the-cradle situation, Grumpy. <laughs> is it weirder for you? Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good, but I usually have a, uh, nervous energy about me before Joe versus the world recording. You know, you're, you're in charge. You're supposed to construct the flow of the conversation. You're responsible for recording technical issues here. You know, I'm just, I'm just sitting on my couch. I'm feeling good. Sit back. You did give me the big chair. Thank you. Yeah. The host chair, as Joy. we call it. I don't know. It reminds me of when, say, David Letterman goes on Jimmy, his intern's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real switch em up. Also, added pressure because, as you know, and as anyone who looks around can see, this is what I consider our, our most important show of the year, our tribute to the troops here in Iraq. <laughs> and um, if you just want to take this camouflage helmet and flak jacket, <laughs> we will uh, see how some detailing works and maybe flying a helicopter <laughs> scored to a Creed song. I thought we were just going to a uh, to a base. I thought we didn't go overseas anymore. There's no need because world peace broke out. So the, what I may have neglected to mention is this is a tribute to the Taliban troops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have mild reservations about this mm. now. It's a it's a slightly different experience. I uh, I just flew in from Kabul, in fact, and boy are my arms cut off at the elbow for being accused of stealing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway thank you to troops on both sides for everything you do well <laughs> and uh this is for you starting right now and you're welcome again this is another way i feel good because i'm not responsible for the content <laughs> this is not my show so uh yeah go nuts you can you. disavow it immediately yeah, i certainly can well let's start broadly <laughs> What is professional wrestling? <laughs> Are we in the reality era? <laughs> I know, I was accused of being the masked man um, on your alleged podcast show, Versus the World. It is, it's strange because you and I never get to talk about contemporary times. We're always focused no. fast. It's very true. I hope we can handle it with like the opinion makers, taste makers of today, such as the masked man. <laughs> My theory. Well, um, no. Let what, let me take your temperature a little bit. How? Did, and you got into this uh, towards the end of our conversation two weeks ago, or whatever. How? What did you think about World Wrestling Entertainment's Wrestling Entertainment heading into the Survivor Series, which was as we talk about this, I believe, ten days ago. Um, it was. Uh, again, I was. I was fairly nonplussed about the the whole deal the, the build was not very good i i did have a free ticket and i was excited to attend the survivor series the second oldest pay-per-view in the company's history but um yeah i i went into it feeling this will be like a house show with pyro and <laughs> largely borne out well a house show but this one features superstars from both raw and smackdown <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, by the way, I, I have to applaud your show where uh, a third of your content is people going to Survivor Series and talking <laughs> It's my Thanksgiving it's, it's tradition. A it's a motif. Well, I, was... I mean, were you um, 
were you into the summer WWE? Yeah, very much so. And okay. um, up to uh, the fall, uh, things went a little awry, perhaps. But uh, no, flying high during the summer. Yeah, in July and August, and uh, and even and like even you know we we say such things. I mean, there's so much good wrestling for free on WWE TV. I can never be like, oh, terrible product, the worst. No, because they're they're Shield matches and uh, Daniel Bryan and all kinds of good stuff, but. Uh, overall direction seemed a little troubling. It was a, a little dire. I even think, I mean, when they launched the Daniel Bryan versus the authority angle, mm. I, and it sounded like most of the arena crowds were really into it. The only problem is they apparently only knew how to start the beginning of that story. <laughs> I was surprised people weren't more upset about how it turned out because everyone said, well, you know, he's, you know, it's a month-long angle, and he'll come out on top in the end and be a bigger star. <laughs> and that didn't happen. It sort of played to how cynics would feel, but everyone was just like, ah, oh, well, move on. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it must hurt more for me, who is made to look a real fool. I get paid pretty mediocre money by <laughs> WWE Corp Biz to talk up <laughs> their show on uh, low-level message boards and uh, niche podcasts, and so... Boy, do I have egg on my face. So I for, I think people who in the initial three weeks of that, when Daniel Bryan would get beaten up by heels, and they said, oh, why do you hate Daniel Bryan? Well, they're hitting him with moves. They clearly have no faith in him. I guess for them it didn't sting because they, they were just sitting back uh, every day, said it was going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, and then it rained. So they were right. Why go outside? <laughs> well... Uh, which was better, this Survivor Series or WrestleMania that you attended in April? I would say the WrestleMania was certainly better, although there were several good matches on this show. Certainly the the atmosphere was um, of WrestleMania is it's tough to compare with, but um, I had I did have the the pleasure of sitting next to a uh, a family of four, uh, the father, uh, the two sons, and the mother who wore a Ryback shirt. Hmm. Which I found curious, but she didn't seem to know a lot about wrestling. She's constantly asking her son who was who on the shield and things like that. So I maybe Ryback just crossed over in a way that uh, reached out to her. Right. She was. She made up the shockingly big buy rate for Hell in a Cell 2012. <laughs> she said, I don't know who this man is. He seems strong. Someone's going to beat CM Punk. <laughs> what are they going to do? End a WWE pay-per-view with an unsatisfying screw job? I doubt it. I just I just remember thinking back to, to TLC, whether you had the, I believe it was the, the Shield against uh, Ryback, Daniel Bryan, and Kane, and there was much gnashing of teeth, like, what what, what will they do? They can't beat the Shield, but, but Ryback just lost a big match, and surely he can't come out on the losing end of another pay-per-view compared to what's happened now and hey. there. Willingness to extend his losing streak to pay-per-views he's not booked up. <laughs> you would think, yeah. I mean, he was doing all right. I mean, he did lose every pay-per-view match he was in once he stopped wrestling uh, pairs and trios of enhancement talent. But he he would he would not get his hand raised. But circumstances would transpire, and then um, then they had the no way out elimination chamber. Excuse me, match. Seth Rollins just pinned Ryback. <laughs> like, who cares? He's turning. He's going to be a huge heel so we can beat him. 
and, and uh, I just remember not even pay per view, but the TLC match from last December, I believe, or early January, where it was a match like another match, like oh, they're going to beat Ryback. Well, they just canceled it because I think Punk was injured, but. They're like, no, we got to do this match and beat Ryback. It's yeah. very important. <laughs> we promised our paying customers we couldn't just <laughs> forget about it. This is our single stipulation we're going to adhere to. It's not like Ryback even won the Royal Rumble to get a TLC match at some point. He just yeah. said, let's have one. And they did because <laughs> it was the show where people have to hang belts from ladders. Hmm. And how much of a conflict was there for you emotionally? Be with the Patriots and Broncos marquee matchup going on the same night. A uh, little uh, was hesitant at first, but uh, didn't want to stare at my phone. Checked the score at halftime. Felt I'd made a wise decision. Mm. Because when I, when I finally returned home around twelve thirty, saw uh, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth wrapping up the Sunday night game. I'm like, how can this be? <laughs> then I saw an amazement and watched highlights and felt good. I know. Steelers being destroyed by Tom Brady, even on a year where he's apparently not especially good, must make you and me both feel like everything in the universe is in place. Now, now um, the Steelers did go down in defeat. Uh, did that ruin your Thanksgiving, so to speak? Uh, my dad's reactions to football games ruins eh, <laughs> any Every football day. game, win or lose, playoff season, Super Bowl season, <laughs> etc. So... We were all ready for it, and sure enough, uh, but yeah, that was fine. No, it was a it was a competitive game. The same way you uh, went to Survivor Series, you didn't care whether Randy Orton or Big Show walked out as WWE champion, as long as you saw a competitive matchup <laughs> with both men working to the best of their abilities. I just have to say, I associate uh, Thanksgiving now with Mark Sanchez running into his offensive lineman's butt and fumbling the ball, and that made it the best Thanksgiving ever. It's uh, iconic. Now this year, <laughs> the I think Le'Veon Bell being helmet to helmet to helmet contacted without penalty, and then having his touchdown taken away for the protection of the players, <laughs> should be maybe a slightly bigger story than Mike Tomlin being clumsy <laughs> and not paying attention. Uh, but you know, fair enough. You know, the WWE doesn't have all these concussion issues because <laughs> they they. They try to check on you, and if another party interferes, then it's okay. So they're like, "All right, well, all right, we're just going to move on here." Yeah, it's after seeing uh, the what's his name, the head trainer guy, work with the Big Show. Is it any wonder that Christian has not come back? Yet? <laughs> he's just going to sit this one out for a while, Sidney Crosby style, <laughs> until he's completely asymptomatic. He doesn't want. Uh, their concussion protocol, like in the NFL, it would be as if a player shows symptoms. If he is tackled, then he is allowed to return to the game because he's <laughs> been right. contacted by an opposing player. Would you like to go chronologically through the matches on this show and talk about them one I by feel one? That's best. Okay. Michael the Miz, Mizanin, alleged heel in a, in a pre-show. YouTube match wrestled Kofi Kingston for the I maybe thousandth time. They're getting back at it. <laughs> Your thoughts, Joe? Um, actually, a, a question for you because that's how I, I handle things. Have you seen uh, the Mrs. Uh, ABC Family movie yet? Talking about Christmas Bounty? Yes. Not yet. 
I just feel there are a lot of podcasters who viewed that to view it with a satirical eye. I didn't know <laughs> if you were among them. I like the looks of it. I like the dynamic he had with the actress, that girl. So yeah. <laughs> I am pretty intrigued. There have been quite a many WWE films since you and I pioneered the art of talking about movies <laughs> and recording it <laughs> yeah. with wrestlers in them and maybe making fun of it a little bit. Uh, so I'm well behind, but this one spoke to me. It spoke to me more than the Mrs. Marine did. And also Randy Orton's 13 rounds. I would also be interested in seeing, (laughs) although I heard that was kind of disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) As in it came out? Well, there, there is that too. As for the match itself, um, I liked it fine. Uh, I've seen it a bunch. I thought it... Parts of it were well worked. I don't know if uh, this showed up on on camera. I'm not a big like punches are the ultimate sign of work, but <laughs> some Mrs. Punches just looked horrendous. I don't know if that showed up on TV or not. And uh, Kofi's like teeter totter kick in the corner that missed by like a good foot. Seeing it live, perhaps. And I had uh, I was second row off the floor. I had excellent seats, so I could see all the uh, poor <laughs> poor missed wrestling spots. But um. I mean, it was a fine opener for a pre-show. No, uh, a little, a little familiar, perhaps, but certainly nothing bad. Mrs. Punches do, when I think about it, look sort of like a man flailing with boxing gloves on, <laughs> even though he's not wearing boxing gloves. Yes. Do you think Stone Cold tweeted at them that they needed to tighten up their work during this match? Stone Cold was busy uh, doing Wikipedia research <laughs> for his upcoming interview. He's a pro. Well, I just remember when Miz turned babyface, it was a huge success at the end of (laughs) last year. He had just come out of a series of five or 50 intercontinental title matches with Kofi Kingston. So it must seem just his life is uh, a treadmill, maybe, or a a Mobius strip or some (laughs) kind of David Lynchian horror. He's like he's in his early 30s now. He's going to get married, and then he just lost a year of his wrestling career. Hosting the Miz TV, being a babyface, and getting beaten up in front of his mom, and then and to the mild, not even just the in front of his dad. I guess <laughs> viewed it with mild disinterest. Yes, my dad was more upset about the Steelers game than Miz's dad was upset about his brain damage sustained from a uh, <laughs> ring barrier DDT. Mm. Uh, Well, that definitely happened. It was uh, broadcast on YouTube. You had the panel there. Did you catcall them? The Legends analysts? I was curious why Booker T was dressed like his... I assume his grandmother would dress like... (laughs) He had like a shawl and a bun in his head. Like, how very odd. Do you think it's a Tyler Perry situation? (laughs) Booker T's beloved um, midnight character? (laughs) First, I was going to say Shaniqua, and then I said, I can use some Harlem Heat 2000 continuity for this joke. <laughs> to do so otherwise may be racist. Perhaps. But again, it's your show, so go nuts. <laughs> well, it's. Um, I remember the, the APA in a very memorable feud with uh, the Basham brothers accused Linda Shaniqua Miles of being Sheldon Benjamin, so. <laughs> There's smoke to that fire, as true. Podcast, podcast professionals say that's about enough about this. We're never going to finish. <laughs> sure. You, uh, I believe you mentioned to me was that we ended our last conversation. You were disappointed that the 
six on six, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and Friends versus Shield and Wyatt's was not booked for a Survivor Series as most of the globe got excited about for <laughs> about two days and then were told no. Why would you even think that? Um, was the traditional Survivor Series they booked in its place a suitable replacement in your eyes? Uh, enjoyed the match a lot. Thought it uh, it told a good story of a heel overcoming the <laughs> Uh, disappointed Dean Ambrose got bumped out so quickly for no real reason. Like, it's not like it led to anything with Cody. And uh, also felt it absurd Antonio Cesaro had zero interaction with Ray because that just seems like something that would be very good and we may not get much chance to see it. And and they didn't do it. And um, that uh, that being said, a good long match. Uh, I probably enjoyed it more than most, I feel. The place went nuts when um, Roman Reigns hit the final spear. On Ray, I also appreciate Goldust's weird high flying phase now. <laughs> he with the code red, and I guess is flying Kunrana <laughs> on Raw, and his quasi moonsault off the top rope. So I don't know what's going on, but I thought it told a good story. Place was into it. I enjoy these types of matches, and uh, it was my favorite thing on the show. It's a crescent moonsault, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's a little little crooked. I uh, this match is certainly good. I think it's curious that not just the six on six from the raw before but uh, two subsequent shield matches the um broadway match on smackdown thanksgiving and then the one with big show and the roads i think they were all better than this i think for the roman reigns legacy of his launch into the presumed stratosphere it's probably more important to give him this moment but for someone like me who thought the show Maybe could have used some good matches. Uh, I thought it was like the worst long Shield Rhodes Usos match of all of them. Yes. And like you said, it uh, they much like that other Shield match where they wrestled was it twelve guys? <laughs> That's right. Most of them. It's uh, it's tough. It 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 buried five of the hardest working guys they have, which is I guess it doesn't matter because if you are a WWE babyface that will happen to you and best of luck but uh the Rhodes, the usos and ray in his second match back i guess it's sort of hard to have dignity as a baby face when you can when you get rolled like that i do have to say zeb's pre-match promo where he talked about twerking and imitated it was uh pretty bar- bottom of the barrel wwe comedy there i couldn't decide which i liked less that or the toy commercial later on those where you know like guys backstage are actually playing with action figures i find dubious and a little insulting the miley cyrus vma thing was i believe early september yes and the crack hot shots finally got to it <laughs> here's a word here's a word in the zeitgeist god That's i mean troublesome. they're they're gonna be talking about that airport guy who wrote the fake notes to the <laughs> Fake dying woman who was rude in, I guess, He'll February. Be a guest at WrestleMania. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Well, uh, yeah. So you think this is the best match on the show, or yes. okay? I think it was the other one, but we'll talk about the other one. Biggie Langston retained because why would you do a title change on pay per view when you could have done it six <laughs> days prior? The Intercontinental Championship. Do you have more uh, than 10 words you can string together about no, this? I did, I did a lot of soul-searching during this match. It was a, uh, 
as you said, it, it seemed backwards in the sense that um, they had the title change on Raw and set up a rematch here, where everyone knows Curtis Axel, who's ice cold as a character and getting beaten up by announcers at, at house shows, is not going to defeat Biggie Langston and win his title back. And given that nothing else happened on this show, there's nothing else of note, you would think, why not save it? Of course, the WWE is uh, becoming more of a television product, and they're renegotiating those big contracts, so maybe the wise the wise move is to have title changes on television and not pay-per-view. And uh, Or maybe it's, uh, it's going to backfire when they try to put these pay-per-views on the network. I can't say. Uh, the match was boring, and uh, Biggie won. That's been the president for a while. Uh, originally, or a while ago, the psychology was, if you're going to do a big world title change, you don't want the lower title changes to dilute that. And now the philosophy just seems to be, oh, we'd be crazy if we didn't do that on Raw. We want people to see it. Mm. So there it goes. I thought, I mean, granted, the rematch clause is pretty ironclad. I thought putting Big E over Curtis Axel's big pal, Ryback, may have been more pay-per-view worthy, but I can't complain because they did end up feeding right back to a strong and powerful man instead. I uh, also have to note that uh, Renee Young uh, interviewed Biggie afterwards, so I got to see her live, which is nice. And when uh, Renee sat next to Lillian Garcia afterwards, they did seem to be uh, best buds, which uh, warmed my heart. I bet Renee is best buds with everybody. Mm. I said I want there to be a satellite show to Total Divas, just a wholesome one on the ABC Family <laughs> Channel. Minimal dildo talk. Keep it to, yeah. Yeah. Where it's just Summer Ray and Renee Young being best friends, baking cookies, <laughs> getting asked out by boys, things like that. Uh, I think it should be called Renee's Best Summer Ever! <laughs> and I'd be all about that. Because next week, apparently, the uh, Hartsmith kid, Wilson. Neidhart, family cat gets euthanized. Oh. So, hooray. First asparagus, now this. Exactly. But if they could give me Renee's best summer ever, where they share jeans and bake snickerdoodles <laughs> and play mash while driving the loop, I would be all about it. And so I guess there's no good way for you to gauge, but do you think Lillian would fit in as part of that best friends club, or do you see her as I more think of a maternal figure oh poor Lillian she looks good for her age no I think she'd fit in just fine I agree I'm setting you up to be a gentleman about it and I'm glad you did speaking of total divas we're going back 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 on top of the world (laughs) I learned the lyrics of their theme song of every part except ain't gonna stop me now by virtue of this match when team total divas came out to that song did you by chance get it stuck in your head? I was more stuck by how repetitive their Titantron was, because I swear it looped about three times. And granted, there were seven women making their entrances, but still. What is the total Divas Titantron? Can you give us I, I presume, a taste? And I'm sorry, I'm not all that caught up. I presume it's just the... The credits? The credits to the show, but I, I guess they don't have much of one. I'm sorry, I'm not really into the whole total Divas thing. It's mostly a time issue and not any kind of taste issue on my part. I accept that, but they... Allege that you're not going to stop them now. It sounds like you're trying to suppress them. Well, 
you may not be up to speed then, but JoJo has vanished from the show show for Uh-oh. some reason in this season 1.5, and yet she is the one of 14 participants in this match who had her name chanted. She Actually, not all 14 people had their name chanted, just to clear that up. JoJo is one of the few. And um, as for this match, while it had its faults, it wasn't really due to the work of the girls. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Botchmania, but was anything really <laughs> poorly done in this match? The problem was they just, it was just move, pin, move, pin. And while I got to figure out the finishes of a lot of the different teams, <laughs> it didn't make for a very full match. And maybe having them do more would have had negative effects. Maybe things would have gone more awry. But um, really did have a problem with, not even close to the worst thing on the show. So, and uh, JoJo did uh, just fine in her little uh, her little segment. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think they were chanting ironically, not to cast stones <laughs> at you, but it was still an endearing moment. You look, and JoJo's still on the apron, hasn't tagged in all match. Her name is JoJo. Absolutely, chant. We want JoJo. They should be chanting at the producers of the show now. But I agree with you. Nothing in this match was allowed to go wrong. The fact they were doing eliminations for the majority of the match. It seemed every 45 seconds or less there was a finish. It just made wrestling look fake. Faker than <laughs> yeah. it would if you just let the women attempt to do spots. Um, Nikki Bella, it she's been dating John Cena since she came back. I don't know why right now her dominant in-ring push seems to be ramping up into high gear. But if I know God's internet... I think the Michelle McCool backlash is coming pretty soon for poor Nicole. I just find uh, she uses the torture rack uh, backbreaker. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I find or, that well, she did yes. for the first time this yes. show. I, I find that pretty absurd. That she's just, you know, doing the Lex Luger spots. <laughs> she's gotten strong. It's a, a bizarre experiment in nature versus nurture to see the twins stop looking like each other and evolve into their boyfriends. <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to listen to uh, Daniel Bryan's appearance on uh, on uh, Stone Cold's podcast, but he does he seems madly in love with the uh, the Bella he is engaged to. And it sounds like they have a very nice life. Absolutely, it does. They they lead a charming existence on Total Divas, and I think you'd be. Uh, happy for them even more if you tune in. It's mm. appointment television. Apparently. But Nikki getting strong, Stephanie McMahon, when she started dating Triple H, also seemed to get strong. I don't <laughs> know what it is. Maybe it's just if you lead a fitness-based lifestyle and you know how to do these movements with weights, then you would, for your significant other's personal well-being, be like, hey, you can do this. It makes your body strong. Being strong is good healthiness sure. but it's weird it is they're yes, making them is. big why do you want them to be so strong <laughs> why I is nikki say. leading such a squats based lifestyle at this point <laughs> well this match was meaningful for me because again i do think total divas rule true divas suck so the right people won the match and it was so good they did it all over again the next night <laughs> do you find credence to the fact that michael cole neglected to realize that uh uh, Nikki Bella had uh, had survived the match. So they had to do another one where she could be announced as a winner? I mean, yes. seeing how she's been booked in the last, really just those two days though, because the, the big Nikki Bella dominant run sort of tailed off after that, but it's not implausible. <laughs> 
it seems like it could be an actual Total Divas plot where yeah. a Nikki talking head where she's like, I was so happy. It's been one of my life goals to be a survivor in a Survivor <laughs> Series match. So John went to Mark What's-His-Face and we're going to do the match again so I can be... Uh, I mean, I could see it. I hope there's a, a a plot where Eva Marie is so nervous that she's going to screw up this one move in this big match and freaks out about it until the day comes. But certainly she did step right in the ring and the um, much-anticipated Eva Marie shit show. You couldn't even have that. <laughs> nope. Really, what I my favorite part of this match was Summer Rae's pride in her dancing. Mm. Uh, Summer Rae seems relatively good by lady standards and for some reason these last couple matches her character at the moment seems to be someone who is not a wrestler and only a dancer but is forced to wrestle so she tries to rely on those dance moves to save her i was sad her role was dancing and getting kicked in the head and pinned Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would like to see a big summer ray AJ feud in 2014 could turn AJ babyface go all the way with Summer Rae as my bumper stickers say <laughs> but that's a story for another time after whoever I find to attend Elimination Chamber <laughs> wants to talk to me about it um mm, what more is there to say about Total Divas versus True Divas unless you can add anything I think we did learn some cool finishers the Breed ET yep. The Oksana Conrana, or whatever she did. <laughs> uh, did she do the gut buster, or was that someone else? I think someone else had oh, the, the, uh, the Dean Malenko over-the-head gut buster. I was going to say go-to miscarriage, but again. <laughs> but yes, you're right. And she's strong, too, but she came in strong. She's like yes. a Lithuanian power lifter. Hmm. All right. Mark Henry... Oops, I spoiled the surprise. <laughs> Ryback, who is unaware that he's not being pushed anymore, came out to make an <laughs> open challenge. I thought that was a, by their standards, pretty good surprise opponent. I kind of held out, like, oh, a, a surprising pay-per-view debut from someone from NXT I like a lot, but uh, it was Mark Henry and his shaved head, or his shaved end, as Dave wrote in the Observer. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was the second time I had seen this match on yes. live from a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Henry quickly won, because, of course. It's true. He, uh, he's on the WrestleMania poster for New Orleans. They're more or less just going to pretend he's the beloved junkyard dog at the moment. <laughs> Didn't he do some uh, some of the headbutts on his uh, hands? He did. He did the... Yep. Uh, crawling headbutts and i bet a big jyd market like boston really responded to that right (laughs) only those of us who remember jyd from the old uh boston garden shows you grab them cakes i didn't know that meant like grab someone's ass i didn't know that till like years later what i'm pretty sure that's what it means he didn't just want to eat delicious cakes (laughs) i'm sure he did but that's not what the song was about Junk cake dog or what have you? Wow, that's ribald. What was uh, the secret sexual meaning of pile driver? <laughs> Other than sticking someone's heads between your legs and lifting their crotch up into your face. What's sexual about that? I still laugh that Coco Beware grossly mispronounced argument as argument, <laughs> and they just couldn't bother to do a retake. 
shouldn't have to. <laughs> I mean, I think the uh, Simon Cowell recording sessions for Slam Jam must have been eminently more professional. <laughs> I would hope so, to really get the Nasty Boys on note and things like that. On key, excuse me. But again, we're devolving to the past. This is a contemporary show. That's right. For modern times. Or I'm trying not to talk about John Cena and Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> a match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yes, that was uh, that was next. And John Cena won in a similar match to how he won last month. Damn those automatic rematch pauses. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's about it. John Cena, hometown hero, showed some hustle, loyalty, and respect. And uh, I also saw his dad in line at the Dunkin' Donuts. That's uh, a part of the TD uh, Bank Center. Oh, Mr. Cena. Mr. Cena, yeah. Said uh, someone shouted him out. He waved, thanked it, thanked everyone for coming to the show because he's, um, you know, he owns the company. So. <laughs> I'm sure John Cena will end up on the board of directors someday. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Really, I took a telephone call during this match, and I like John Cena. I like John Cena's matches. I've never really seen enough, so to speak. Mm. Something about this run, maybe because he came back so early, it's just a bridge too far for me. (laughs) I don't know. Even before they went to him and, and Randy... I, it was just, I wasn't ready for him to come back. I want him to let me miss him a little bit first. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're thinking like, oh, yeah, she- Seamus has been out for a while. I wonder when he's coming back. Where before, I found him, Seamus, eminently tiresome. Yeah, John Cena had like a baseball growing out of his arm. He's like, I guess I'm all set. I'll come back now. There yeah. does seem to be an ongoing subplot on Total Divas, and a, a great uh, segment of this show should be me bringing you up to speed on Total Divas plots, where living with Nicole Bella Garcia is slowly driving John Cena crazy. So that could have been the impetus for him coming back so early. He was like, oh, I lose feeling in my uh, tendons and the wrist? That's all right. Give me that world title shot. It also doesn't help that, I mean, Del Rio has had good matches this year, but he, I think, might be my most overrated slash overpushed guy uh, by observer standards. I've just... Too much. I know he's from his Spanish origins, so that's inherently good. But <laughs> he seems, he reminds me of that endless JBL run where JBL was the SmackDown champion for a year and then they moved Batista over and he was Batista's opponent and he just wouldn't leave. Yes. He was a good talker. Del Rio's a good worker. Vice versa is slightly less true for each of them. They're good. I wouldn't say they're not good, but enough. Especially when I have pretend that this Dolph Ziggler held the world title and stayed heel until now, and then they blew off the the big Cena, Dolph and AJ feud with this world title comeback, but wasn't to be. It's a shame there's not someone in developmental who kind of looks like Del Rio. We could just slide him into the <laughs> spot, like Hunico did last night, <laughs> and just uh, say, "Hey, same guy." You know, he's good though now. That's the other thing. Like, Cena Del Rio already happened two years ago a lot. (laughs) And it also happened last Christmas for the honor of Santa Claus. It's (laughs) the, um, 
I thought the Cena Sandow match was much better. The Money in the Bank cash in much better than both their pay per view title matches. Um, I don't think it would have affected the buy rate too much if they would have just gone with some kind of John Cena Damian Sandow match. I mean, Damian Sandow may be an actual jobber, but at least it was uh, not Cena Del Rio 2.7. I mean, we have seen <laughs> we have seen them wrestle various stipulation matches, including the one where the ring broke, and I remember John Cena threw Alberto Del Rio out of the ring and he crashed into the barricade and nothing of the sort happened here. They just wrestled and John Cena won, as he does. He certainly did. He was not cross-arm breaker. He did not submit, and he rose above hate. Congratulations, (laughs) John Cena. It was actually the least interesting John of that 30 minutes of pay-per-view time when your aforementioned toy commercial featured I I do not retain much memory of this show already Yes, but I do know that John Laurinaitis and his people power music was <laughs> hawking toys uh, seconds <laughs> after Cena's hand wanted to see what was going on here oh yeah um, the last few weeks of Raw the big show Randy Orton program was mostly consigned to the first 15 minutes of a three-hour show, <laughs> and the Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Wyatt's, and Shield adventures had been going on last. I think it made Raw less of a bitter pill to swallow in the wake of the <laughs> Bryan show switch out. It gave let people less of a rallying point to get truly mad about it. Uh, weren't so lucky here. Uh, second from the top... I have no more segues. Did you like it, Joe? Yes or no? I liked. I do want to mention the the pre-match graphics where um, they would show like cartoon renditions of the wrestlers, and then show them like facing each other, like they were standing in the same room, and like maybe like hey, want to dance? <laughs> I thought those. I couldn't decide whether I loved them or, or disliked them. But as for the uh, match itself, was a good tag team match. It um, maybe felt a little bit like. Uh, a very high-end house show match or something you'd see on SmackDown. And I, I'm not too sure why the babyfaces won. I'm not complaining, because I think both guys needed a good solid win at that point. But um, no, it was an, an excellent excellent tag match, and the place went batshit for Punk, and uh, especially Daniel Bryan. I actually recorded his entrance, because I just wanted to see 12,000 people just going bonkers and screaming yes, and it was glorious. It's uh, almost as if the core WWE audience thinks that they are the two biggest stars in the company. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes I get that impression. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, I didn't think it was good as a 12-on-12 12 12 because they were sort of wrestling... I mean, it's a challenge to get a long match out of a team where they really only trust one of the two guys to <laughs> wrestle. Yes. I, I apologize to Harper for lumping him in with Rowan the whole time. It it seems as we've seen them uh, go on in their careers, there's a significant difference there. But it's it's not easy. It's not the same as throwing them out there with the shield for 25 minutes. Indeed. There are some cool spots from two of the smartest layout guys in the business, as I say all the time. Because there was a bunch of, of uh, Harper versus those guys in singles matches and Brian was doing the thing where he kicks him in the chest and kicks him in the chest, and then everyone, I want you to kick him again, but he got picked up and powerbombed. And this time, he turned that powerbomb into an Oksana Conrana. <laughs> and then some other stuff happened. I think he did his corner drop kicks, and then he ended up getting powerbombed off the 
top off the top rope. Row. Yes, that was that was quite a thing. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they did some unique stuff to make it pay per view worthy. Oh, also CM Punk getting lifted to the heavens and thrown to hell from over the top rope by I think mm-hmm. Rowan did that to him. So. But you're right, yeah, uh, Punk and Brian won all the singles matches against them, and then they won here. So <laughs> There we go. That's fine with me. They should be booked like top baby faces, and then they can knock down some heels. I don't know how they're going to do in uh, one-on-three handicap matches on the next mm. show, but I wish them luck. But that match couldn't have gone last because, for one, it wasn't for the prestigious World Wrestling Entertainment Championship, and for two, the that came after that, but finally the match you've been waiting for. Randy Orton <laughs> and the Big Show in Extreme Rules rematch, which was actually a good match with Randy Orton working as a babyface in St. Louis with gimmicks and such. This was not that. Uh, although I can't speak for you. How much did you enjoy this match? Edge of your seat stuff? Um, waiting to go to beat the traffic, yes. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, the following things happened in this match. Randy Orton failed to get out of the ring properly. (laughs) (laughs) He early clamped on a sleeper, eliciting a thunderous, boring chant. Um, they screwed up the draping DDT. So Randy just kind of gave him like the Miz DDT with the guys on his knees, eliciting groans from the, the audience. And Randy flexed in, in response. Uh, the big show was distracted by music. And Randy missed his kick by a good foot for the win. Whoops. It was problematic. Maybe the <laughs> most anticlimactic part about this, aside from it actually happening, I mean, it, Big Show was a pretty big baby face when he was stewing in silence. And mm. then as soon as he was no longer doing that, it all went away in a hurry. And the part of the big mystery in the buildup was... <laughs> The perpetual conflict between Randy Orton and the McMahon Helmsleys, for some reason, our top heel group can't be on the same page, was a criticism they used to throw at all the TNA Russo heel teams, right? They're always fighting. I thought WWE was better than that. Who knows? (laughs) Conflict man telling stories. And so for some reason, Randy Orton can't be the dominant chosen heel of our authorities. They're always bickering and then... uh, Saying, I don't know, Randy, maybe we don't like you anymore. But, yeah, so, the oh, I, I didn't even mention that Triple H himself promised you no physical interference at the beginning of the show. He did, and uh, he was true to his word. Were you at all nervous that it was going to open, as I think Night of Champions did, with a 15-minute Triple H promo? I was not, given um, we only had, I believe, six announced matches, I was not <laughs> looking forward to talking. But they, no, they made their point and quickly exited. So, yeah, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. So, big mystery. What's this creative screw job he'll finish with no interference promise? Must have something tricky up their sleeves, right? Yeah, they played music and <laughs> stepped out. And the big show was distracted. He could not, he could not turn away until he did into an RKO. <laughs> it was... You know, if he didn't have his eyes on them, they could have ran really fast. And, I don't know. Someone foot. could have been sneaking up on him. Well, he would. Never mind. Certainly. Um, Daniel Bryan chants were 
Audible on TV. Audible, but not thunderous. That's what Same I in the arena. Okay. It would have been more of a statement had it been like a, a post the Sheamus match at WrestleMania thing, but I think mm. the point is still made. Yeah. Daniel Bryan not to the rescue, though. Certainly the only way to end the show is with one of those things that, as we talked about in the early September times, people predicted just to make themselves miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Thought of, like, the worst, basest thing of their nightmares that WWE would do. Got the big John Cena, Randy Orton <laughs> unification tease born out on TV the next night. It was, uh, there had been a little vignette where John Cena was talking to Stephanie and Triple H, and Randy Orton came in like, what's he doing here? And like, <laughs> oh, perhaps we'll see this play out in the months to come. Like, well, no, in about an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, when did the, the, the uh, pay-per-view feed cut off? Was it just... John Cena had just gotten in the ring and was looking at uh, Randy Orton. I believe, and again, this is a show that left my memory pretty instantaneously. I believe it ended with them both holding up their titles. There were uh, many, many things occurred. Actually, technically nothing occurred. But, you know, Randy Orton left the ring. John Cena got on the mic, said, hey, we're in Boston, City of Champions. Let's see two champions fight right now. Randy did Orton he did drop? The... I'm sorry. Did he drop into his Boston-only Massachusetts accent? <laughs> I don't think so. No. And uh, Randy Orton tried to get back. Triple H held him back. Finally got him to the back, and then Kane was going to head down. Triple H was going to escort him to the back, but Kane started choking Triple H. But uh, eventually calmed down, and then Triple H decided to get in the ring, and uh, Vince McMahon came out and said, "No, I'm going to get in the ring," and then. Triple H held him back, and Stephanie's like, I'm going to get in the ring, but that did not occur. Here comes and the money. Everyone yeah, everyone just left, and that was that. Wow. And John Cena thanked us and the troops, and maybe, and uh, that was it. A show of this quality, I almost feel like you deserved a dark match. <laughs> that's, that's what, if uh, moments that weren't like a house show were like the end of a Raw after it goes off the air. Yeah, at without, a cer- without a dark match. At a certain point, they they shifted from like the Steve Austin variety hour show close or variety twenty mm-hmm. minutes, depending on how many beers he could catch from Mark Yaton. But <laughs> and then they just started doing these dark main events, usually a world championship match. Mm. I think if I was going to these shows, I would rather see the variety show. I'd rather see the Steve Austin Chris Jericho improv showdown type things. I could see that. My favorite, um, I was at SmackDown taping uh, several years ago, and um, I'm trying to remember, it was uh, it was uh, Booker T and Finley against Bobby Lashley and uh, another... Presumably David Bautista. Yes, we'll, we'll go with him. And uh, they had gotten the heat on Bobby Lashley, but everyone was just leaving in droves, <laughs> so they just said, fuck it, and Bobby Lashley just speared Booker T and pinned him and didn't even make a hot tag. They're like, let's get the hell out of here. So, Good stuff. So your quests for the Grand Slam, you've been to WrestleMania Survivor Series mm-hmm. and SummerSlam Ot 6, right? Yes. Can you put those three shows in order? Uh, which was the best? Yeah. Uh, none of them were exquisite, but I would go WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and a distant third. That seems accurate. Yes, you told me on our last conversation you would much rather see a Money in the Bank, a TLC show. Somehow Survivor Series has not just become out of the big four, it's become like the little 12th show. Yeah, I mean, 
certainly Elimination Chamber would rank ahead of it. TLC, most most years. Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules probably certainly Money in the Bank, and uh, we won't count uh, Rumble, WrestleMania, or something. Those are gimmies. They are the big three, legit. Yes. For a while though, even SummerSlam became more of a run-of-the-mill, unforgiven. It was just the big two. Yeah. Oh well, I'm sorry, Joe. But thank you for telling me everything that happened. So I hey, I, you know, I, given the what it was, uh, I enjoyed the show, and um, I do have a, a question about TLC, and they seem to have done away with uh, the the tables matches and ladder match and chairs match from years past, and it's just like it's more like handicap matches now. Uh, it's like. Yes, Night of Handicaps. <laughs> Night of Handicaps. I find that uh, troubling. I mean, do, do you feel we will get a unified world champion, either John Cena or Randy Orton, not like Brock Lesnar showing up? And or... I thought 100% or close to it, definite no, some screwy thing. I didn't know they were going to necessarily switch belts. I thought maybe Cena would grab a belt to win and, like... Uh, one of the three Brian Orton ridiculous ones where they just go off the air and pretend everything happened. All right. And then on raw, the next night, triple H would be like, Oh, I really wish we could have a unified champion, but he didn't grab the both belts. I guess we have to return it to Randy. And I think so many people felt that and probably expressed those opinions at WWE universe, etc. They were shamed into <laughs> promising for the moment, a unified champion. That seems a, uh, a pretty heavy... If you don't wish to unify the titles, it just seems weird to be like, oh, I guess we better. <laughs> Our hands are this tied. This is kind of a big deal. You know, 11 years. I guess yeah. they could always de-unify them as soon as the coast is clear. <laughs> say, this match is uh, just for the world title for whatever reason. And then split them again. It is funny because we heard all that stuff when John first came back. They want to rebuild the world title, which is super uh necessary and pretty overdue and they had this big world title program planned for him at wrestlemania so what happened to any of that they all accidentally had to give it up because they (laughs) couldn't come up with a main event they both men literally out of challengers besides themselves i don't know it's uh it's weird i uh I'm no problem with getting it back down to one title, but if I thought it was something they intended to do, I'd be a little less eyebrow raised about it. Can you think of a this hypothetical John Cena world title ma- WrestleMania match? I can't even think of a John Cena WrestleMania match. Period. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you get, uh, I I really don't know. Is a conundrum. Maybe the one consolation is that the ultimate nightmare scenario that they were going to do this unification at WrestleMania and everyone else be damned, I guess, is off the table, seemingly. So they have to give us something else. I kind of think the authority will screw John Cena and then Orton will have the belts to wrestle Punk at WrestleMania, as had been uh, rumored for a while. Cena, I don't know. I don't know if he can wrestle Hulk Hogan. I don't know if he'll be the Vince's bro, Vince's true son spot that we've been talking about in vague terms since uh, 
Meltzer first told us about the long-term story in, I think, June or July. Hmm. Seen it in Triple H has happened at WrestleMania before. I think it's maybe more of a turnoff than Cena and Orton if it's for the high stakes everything. I don't know. Because you got Undertaker, Brock, and Punk versus Orton, hypothetically. Sure. So it's hard to put those other puzzle puzzle pieces in place. I don't. There's a Triple H control the company match, we think, and I don't know. It would be nice if there was a payoff to the Daniel Bryan thing where he mm. got revenge on either Triple H or Randy Orton. Um, I can't rule it out at this point because it still seems like. Triple H is pulling the strings behind the Wyatt stuff, but I'm not willing to maybe put a ton of faith in an extremely satisfying end to that. Do you think The Rock will be uh, available, or perhaps, I don't, maybe uh, with Fast 7 being pushed back, maybe that would uh, mess with his possible time to uh, be at WrestleMania. Oh, I guess that I I had sort of ruled him out when he first exploded. (laughs) After the last match, I would rather see a card with Rock and Brock because it would free up Undertaker for uh, the John Cena match. Mm. It almost seems like the Hogan attraction is their backup plan to having no Rock. I don't know how much Rock was going to mean for a fourth straight year anyway. Yeah. Although there's probably a lot of hullabaloo that can be sold on the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania. Mm. It seemed like WrestleMania 20 overperformed just by being the 20th WrestleMania. Or maybe just seemed because 19 was so low that it was trending down and then did okay perhaps good even very good even Mm. i don't know but i will go to the royal rumble in january and hopefully things are a little bit better by then they would almost have to be by default although this year they did not really get on track with their wrestlemania plans either so not even that (laughs) the foolproof uh, pick up anymore. Like, I know the fall inherently is bad. There's a seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. We're not doomed, but it is... I would like to, uh, you know, that you play those video games and you can sim a season, like, jump sure. ahead 40 NHL games to the All-Star <laughs> break. I would like to just <laughs> yep. sim the rest of Raw's until January. I, myself, uh, look to be heading to... A raw taping in Providence and SmackDown the uh, SmackDown taping the next night in my hometown of Worcester, Massachusetts. So, I've never been to a raw taping. That's uh, another thing to scratch off the list. Never been to raw. No, I've never been to uh never been to a raw taping before. So you'll get the worst foot forward of raw. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours and fifteen minutes. Oh uh, yeah. I actually like going to SmackDowns better because then you know secrets that no one else is aware of. <laughs> It's like getting the newspaper early, like that TV show, Early Edition. <laughs> and then only you know the extremely consequential results of Friday Night Smackdown. I was going to say, a secret no one else really cares to know. <laughs> but still, you know it. You and several thousand others were. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it reflects pretty well on Survivor Series that this is easily the shortest show we've ever done. <laughs> What more to say? Do you want to dive right into 1996 WF right now? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm not even through January yet. Oh, so. I could change the uh, the ring apron to your <laughs> logo. <laughs> well, 
I guess we should just go shake some soldiers' hands and grab some cakes. create a brand for yourself. If you want to be successful and make that jingle jingle, you have to always think outside the box. Wanna hit this dance flow? All you hear is give me, give me some more. I know you want to touch me. Nailed it. I love it. It's a wrap.